Cocaine. She don't lie. But somebody's lying at the White House. That's all I can tell you right now. Uh, we had to start the show with this song from Eric Clapton. It was from, I think, the, sometime in the 70s. And uh, the reason we did, because uh, we're just baffled here about what's going on with this. And I think we've got a solution about where the cocaine come, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first of all, we are live. This is Sal and, and Rich. We're at Rich's uh, house in uh, Haddon Township. First time we're together doing the podcast. And we have a special guest, Fran Mishuli, who we'll get to in a minute. Uh, this will be our second guest. We, if you remember a couple of podcasts ago, we had uh, Patty Townsend and Michelle Tolina. And, uh, and that was that was fun to do. So looking forward to having a conversation with Fran. But um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, when you find cocaine in the White House, it's kind of disturbing. So I, I will give you a little bit of background with um, my career and what I was, um, uh, what I, I know uh, about what goes on at the White House. We had a, a friend in our neighborhood in Virginia who uh, was uh, on Bush 41's detail and uh, Ronald Reagan's detail. And at Christmas time, his gift to us was to give us a private tour around the White House. And it was lovely. It was fantastic. It was you know, just what you would expect. Um, but the one thing that was very clear to me is that uh, the security there is is really intense. And this was over 20 years ago, so I can't imagine what it must be like post 9-11. Um, but when you hear stories about what we're hearing where they can't figure out where it came from, I mean, it's it's disturbing and it makes you feel like, you know, what the hell's going on? So my first thought was, um, first of all, you know, and I think they've said this, that um, the first family doesn't go through the magnometers. They don't get sniffed by dogs. They just walk in. So we know that there's somebody in that family who's got a problem with cocaine, you know? Um, <clears throat> so that's where everybody first went. Um, but I, uh, I've come to learn that my good friend here, Rich has, uh, actually gone to the white house recently. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that maybe Rich is involved, but, when we came to this lovely home of theirs in Haddon, in Haddon Township, and uh, we actually are, Patty and I are staying in the west wing of this abode. So I opened up the drawer the other day, and look what I found, folks. I found this in the bedroom. I Now, Rich, you got some explaining to do, dude. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> well, here's the good news in the bed. First of all, Hunter Biden was a guest here. Okay, he stayed in that, that room. Did he really? He did. Hunter Biden was here. Uh, the good news and the bad news is Jan didn't clean the room like it should have been done. That's the bad news. That's the bad okay, news. That's why you have this. Right. The good news is that you but have the it. The good news is you did change the sheets. <laughs> Thank the Lord. The worse. Put them boutons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Great guy. It, it, it is. Yeah. Did you buy one of his paintings? <laughs> one of his paintings, you know? Grandchild, but he doesn't that he doesn't grandchild. Right, the seventh grandchild that nobody knows about. So anyway, I think we've solved the problem. Hunter Biden was visiting Rich and he left it behind. <laughs> and that's a major clue. <laughs> Don't taste it. I think I don't know. You need a dollar bill, roll it up. <laughs> so anyway, your wife was in on the deal, so that's all I'll say. <laughs> oh yeah. Slept with Hunter Biden. 
Oh lordy. So so now we can put that to bed. You know, just uh... <laughs> Did you? put that to bed. <laughs> so yeah, I had to play around. I, I couldn't let that go. Um, and hopefully we didn't offend anybody. This is uh, this is nonpartisan. You know, cocaine is nonpartisan, right, Rich? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your taxes for at least a month. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, enough of the frivolity. Let's introduce Mr. Fran Mishuli. That's right. We turn the camera so we can get. There we go. That's awesome, my buddy. Um, a little bit of background. Um, for those you who don't know, I went to grade school with Mr. Mishuli. Um, I'm with third grade is when I came from New York and we were through eighth grade. Then we went to high school together. Um, so, uh, known, known friend for a long time. We haven't seen each other in a long time, but one of the nice things about what, um, uh, I've experienced is there are a lot of folks that went from OLG to Paul six and you're able to, you know, keep in touch with people. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about earlier, but I wanted to ask you, it was about 20 years ago. I think it was Walter Markowitz and uh, John Yacovelli found Sister St. Mark and Sister Loretta. Were you, did you ever go to one of those? No. Man, they were, they, I went to the first few years I went to them. And these were two nuns that taught us uh, early on in um, in uh, grade school. So Sister St. Mark, third grade. And in fifth grade, I had her. I had Sister Loretta in sixth grade. We had a classroom size. What was it? Like 100 kids in the basement? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I tell people that this nun who was literally 20 years old at the time was teaching a hundred people. I mean, it was just, you know, you just can't, you can't make that stuff up, you know? And we, we got together with her and she, um, she would tell us stories about when she first came from Ireland, she had the Irish brogue and she still does. Um, and she, she said she had one time she went to Monsignor Kelly and she was talking to him who, who was the, the, the uh, parish priest and she said, I can't do this. This is just too hard. I can't manage 100 kids. And he said, no, you can do it. You can do it. He didn't want to hear it. And she, he said, he just basically pushed me back out there. And she said, I did it, you know. Um, you, had, you had 100 kids. 100 kids. Yeah. In one classroom. Yeah. In one classroom. In church basement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, insane. And um, it, it was just um, just wild. And it, we just, it, she, it went, and the other thing is we, we, all, we all were very respectful. We all learned. Um, and it was a great experience. And so we fast forward to, um, you know, when was it? Like in the late 90s, I think we got together for the first time, early 2000. And it was just so cool catching up with them. They were right. really, really, really fun. And recently, I didn't get a chance to go, but Sister St. Mark just turned 90. And they had a big party for her up in um, Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Her, her nephew pulled together the whole thing. And there was, a, like, Claire Sander went, and, you know, the Markowitz and Quails went. So, um and I, they, they videotaped it. I got a chance to see some of it. So anyway, we went to, went to grade school together, went to high school together. So um, I wanted to ask you, Fran, how, um, how did this whole Paul Six Athletic Alumni um, yeah. website get started? Well, there's, a, excuse me, there's actually closer. A, two groups, a group within a group. So, so I, uh, I started with... Uh, uh, Facebook message from a friend uh, from Gloucester Catholic, a runner, a kid who um, at the time when he went to Gloucester Catholic, I was coaching there, helping out uh, Joe Devaney. Joe Devaney. Oh, yeah. 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 So 
you know, years and years past, we, we remained friends. So Jack Heath's his name. He lives in he's a Gloucester guy. He uh he gave me Bob Duffy's phone number. Okay. I hadn't talked to Coach Duffy in 30 years. So wow. you know, I got to talking with Duffy and it was just like it was back in 1971. Doesn't have to change the pit. That yeah, I saw a photo of him. He yeah. looks the same. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So, long story short, we decided to try and contact some of the guys that I uh, knew from Facebook. You know, communicated with on Facebook, right? And had a get together at uh, Eddie Donahue's place over here on Clements Bridge Road. Right, the Irish Mile. Uh, it's now called the uh, Irish Hill Tavern. Irish Hill Tavern. Yeah, yeah it's the old uh, vault. Wow. So he's over there now. And they said, sure, come on over. So I, you know, I've got a whole bunch of guys. Joe Izzy, Mike Bush, his wife Joyce, my wife Susan, um, uh, Denny Matush, uh, Karen, I don't think was the first one. Mark Evans, Greg Evans' brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. A few other guys, Mike Chapman. Uh, I don't leave anybody out. But anyway, we we had about 15 guys. Coach Sidario. Oh, yeah. Sidario. Oh, yeah. Wow. English, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and it was real nice. I said, you know what? Well, I'll just keep doing this. And about every six months, this is about three years ago. Mm -hmm. So every six months, you know, the group got bigger and bigger. And then I uh, got a whole Larry Rocker, uh, <laughs> yeah, other Somerdale guy. Yep, yep. And Larry uh, asked me if you know he could put together a website. Paul Six alumni athlete. Yeah, you know, which so is sure, a great just, idea. Just combined. Yeah, um, but you know, his, his the website and, and he did all the work with uh, Al McDonald and uh, Deacha Kane. I'm, I'm just alone for the ride. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> technically, anyway. Uh, so we put put together this website, and it's for all athletes. Yeah, you know. The get-togethers I have are basically five years because you know you just can't. It's, right. We have 500 members on the website. Yeah, I know. It's taken off. So uh, if we, last time with Larry's group, the some of the younger guys, we ended up with 42. Wow. And Eddie. So that's pretty much that's, capacity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, I had this talk with Rich. It's really not just athletes. Um, you know, I, that's just the title. It's because I, I even when I advertise, I say and friends. Right, right. So Leon Diversic comes over. Uh, you know, we have guys who you know, weren't specifically athletes. Yeah. And spouses. Yeah. So it's, nice. Yeah, it's a nice group. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And uh, I, well, I'm speaking of Larry. I've known Larry a long time. In fact, Larry and I um, worked together right after high school when I was when I was in college. I was working at Bonanza, you know, on the White Horse Pike, and and Larry was working with me there. He was, he was. Uh, I started off as a dishwasher, then we both started cooking on the front lines. So I've I've known him since then, and then we reconnected uh, a few years ago on Facebook. He lived, uh, he lives about three hours south of where I am. He's in Bluffton on yeah. the coast near yes. Hilton Head. So he doesn't get up much. And the last I spoke with him, I wanted to try to squeeze another get together in yeah. three this year so uh, i'll throw a plug in now august 26th anybody who wants to at the same place it's two o'clock okay very informal you know we just get together it brings out the pizza uh and everybody has has a good time beers and everybody just throws a few bucks in and we take care of the bill nice and that's it so we're going to do that august 26th 
Cool. Uh, I forgot Chuck Blumenstein and Maureen. They're always there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't live far from here, right? Chuck, just around the corner. Around the corner. Yeah. Well, Chuck just had a hip replacement. Oh, really? Yeah. So hopefully he's doing well. Crazy. And, uh, and then Larry's, I don't know, I'm not sure if Larry will make that one. He said he's going to try, but uh, we set up October 8th because he's going to be in the area. Oh, good. So yeah, you know, he comes. He's got his crew, and, uh, <laughs> but you know we, we do mix well, and, and we're not that far apart. And and there are some some of the younger guys that we all know. Yeah, Tim McGee, remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said Al McDonald. He's he's another guy who posts a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, that's been the fun thing to to look at the Facebook page and then see all the articles from way back yeah, when. They, you know, they, some of these guys have saved lots of clippings and it really brings back memories, especially the ones where we've seen where Mike Bush was like running through the lines like a freaking bulldozer, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just fun to see that. It's great camaraderie, I'm sure. Everybody getting wow. together. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it's it's awesome. And Deidre Kane is involved in it. She's um, she's a, a, a big... Yeah, hopefully she can make it she hasn't uh, been able to get to uh, get over to Eddie's place, but uh, the last get together, uh, Louise Rannenberger. Oh yeah, Louise Donna's Ricky, older sister. Yeah, Bob Rickian, football coach from Collinswood. Wow. Uh, Patty Coyle, who's Patty Boyle. Yeah, yeah. Frank Boyle. Yep. She was able to make it. So nice. Yeah. That's great. So in high school. You like in in grade school we didn't have any athletics so and then all of a sudden in high school you're you're running track what what how did you get involved in that what made you want to do that well I, I played football for two years and uh, I was uh, third string behind Bill Deary <laughs> All American drafted by the Steelers Bob Jackson All American at the Naval Academy and then there was me <laughs> so, what the hell am I doing I have no chance. <laughs> So I decided to go to Grand Cross Country. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that you had tried out for the football team. Yeah, I played on the first the first team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was well, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was there. You were hoping somebody get hurt so you can get yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, you know, many you know, the scrimmages trying to you mentioned Mike Bush. Yeah. And that's my memory is trying to tackle him. <laughs> you know, I'm hundred and thirty pounds and <laughs> powerhouse yeah but it was fun you know it was fun to say hey i was on the first team yeah and i got in once in a while i would drop back and throw a pass and i couldn't see over the lineman that's a problem i would just take off you know and bottom you would say yeah yeah throw the balls to who <laughs> what's the play well, you know, I'm, I'm looking Mike. all i see are five bucks and these guys huge. Yeah. You know, Frank DeLape and uh, oh, wow. all those guys. Yeah. Lyman. So then why track? What 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 made oh, you? Well, I, I, you know, I, I ran track ran track for two years. It didn't conflict with football. And it was okay. You know, halfway decent. And then uh, cross country. So that's was the distance running, which right. I had some success with. Yeah, you did. You were yeah, yeah. you you were super in that. Well, there's I mean, my teammate that we had such a great team of all six. It's just who was the uh, cross country? Was that Rich Myers? Rich Myers started the program. Yeah. So he started uh, our freshman year. I wasn't there, but Greg Evans, Joe Izzy, Jim yeah. Shepherd, uh, wow. you know, place of sixty nine, and he was he was our mentor. You know, yeah, the older guy and. Um, 
Denny McHugh, Tom Mackin. Yeah, got to remember. Kiesling, yeah, yeah. You know, and they had a lot of success. You did indoor track too, right? Yeah, yeah, we ran indoor track. You'd, what'd you do in the indoor track? Was two it two miles? The two miles, yeah. And then I saw, you know, when you posted up your bio on the, the website that you, you did, did you do some marathons? Is that if I remember? Oh, uh, after college. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? That's tough. Yeah. yeah it's a long way. Yeah, 26 miles. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I got together with some of the guys, Chuck Lewinstein. We ran together. Did you? After college. That's cool. Uh, so we, we went up to Boston Marathon together. Yeah. We were in a club called the uh, South Jersey AC, I think. I don't know. But uh, he, he was involved in that. So was Rich Myers. Rich Myers was a pretty good runner. In his day, he, he ran the Seton Hall. I, I believe he ran a 410 mile. I think he ran in Camden Catholic, too, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Graduated in 63 from Camden Catholic. So he, he actually... Yeah. 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 My brother. <laughs> Along with Vicky Harrington? Scafani? Uh, oh. Basketball coach? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, so Rich Meyer started the program, then Vince Sedario took over, and Bob Duck took over. <coughs> Excuse me. But also, uh, you know, Doug Ware, he was a track yeah. coach. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. remember. So, um, and then uh, in college you ran, you went to Glassboro? Yeah, then it was Glassboro State. Okay. And then you did, you ran track? At... Yeah, yeah, I had a nice experience there. Uh, my coach, uh, two coaches, one was an Olympic runner. They were both from Illinois. And, uh, wow. And uh, Bill Fritz, who's passed, excellent guys, excellent coaches. Cool. And uh, yeah, we, you know, we had a nice, nice and, team. And then when you graduated college, did you go directly into the Marines? Yeah, I went to an OCS program. Went down there at Guanaco, and uh, you know, it was it was a good experience. It was good discipline. Did you do four years? No, no, we we had uh, you know some setbacks to. Personal setbacks. Yeah, that I wasn't able to do before. So I, I got my uh, my honorable and uh, decided to go into teaching. That's how you wound up into teaching. Yeah. And then did and and were you always at Mainland? Uh, no, I, I started at Catholic school. I, I taught um, two years of the grammar school in uh, Pensgrove, and uh, then I got hired by Father Martin. Oh God, yeah, Paul Six. Yeah, over at uh, a place called St James. High school, and I taught there for six years. Carney's Carney's Point. Carney's yeah. Point, yeah. yeah okay. It's now closed. The diocese closed, and then, but um, a lot of good memories there. A lot of good people. When you were you taught for thirty-two years, right? Yeah. Let's see. I had twenty well, a little longer. I had twenty-nine at Mainland and eight in the Catholic schools. So. Wow. So that was a that's, that's a long career. Uh, that was yeah. 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 What was what was what was the experience like with the kids? Because you know today. Today we hear stories about, you know, what goes on in the classroom, the stuff that teachers. What was? Did you have any any main main issues with? I mean, it was, it is from what I hear now. You know, it's it's out of control. Yeah, yeah. it's just so. It was so much better in those days. You got the respect, right? You know, the parents backed you up, right? Administration backed you up. So yeah, it's, it's not like that anymore. I loved it. Yeah, I hear, I hear that it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's sad because. Um, you look at well, when we were growing up, the United States was ranked really high worldwide as far as education goes. You know, from grade school all the way up, and and now you see the num you see the numbers, and 
you know, we're not, we're not anywhere near the top anymore, you know, and I think that's a lot to do with not the teacher so much as, you know, the kids just aren't paying attention. There's so many distractions. This, this thing is a big distraction, you know? Yeah. And you know, the one thing I learned from teaching is it's usually not the kid's fault. Yeah. That when you tell them it's okay to do that. Yeah. It's really not okay. Right. That's the people telling them it's okay. It's yeah. their fault. Right. So when education became watered down, they didn't make the curriculum, you know, they, they were reading the tough novels when I was there. And then as I, as my career progressed, I could see it was getting watered down where, you know, they're reading comic they're, books. They're not, yeah. <laughs> comic books. And like that. It's true. Uh, but it's not their fault. No, they, they do what they do. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Did you see a big difference though, between the Catholic school and the public school? Uh, yes. As far no. as the kids you know, go. Yeah. You know, honestly, I would have to say overall, there is no difference. I mean, kids are kids. And I, I was fortunate, well, in my case anyway, I taught at a very good public school with some excellent families, uh, Lindenwood, Northfield, Summers Point. Well, excuse me. <coughs> um, you know, the discipline was just as good at mainland high school as it was at St. James's. Hmm. Well, well, that's good on a, you know, the St. James experience, uh, there was only 300 kids in the whole school. Mm. So it was a very, very tight family type of situation, yeah. which was great. I mean, there were 16 teachers in the whole school, three English teachers. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Fun. We had 100 kids in our grade school in one class. <laughs> yeah. Right. So things, things changed. And Big time. Was up to uh, when I left, I think they were around sixteen hundred. So. Wow, that's a big yeah. high school. So yeah, big and, and how about class sizes? How big were your classes? It, it depends. I mean, the average class is 24, 25. Oh, that's not bad. That's yeah, good. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. You know, yeah. If you were lucky and, and you got a, a, a specialty class, like if I was teaching journalism, I might only have twelve kids, uh, or a pre uh, pre AP class, you know, might be a little bit smaller. Right. Right. So uh, I, I never really had any complaints there. That's cool. Um, one of the things I like to ask people when I'm talking to them is, um, what what was your inspiration in, in your life? Who who inspired you the most? Who made you what you think you are today? Well, my parents. Uh, you know, my parents. I would say I'd give them the, uh, the top billing. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad. You know, did things the right way. You have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two brothers and two sisters. And we're all in the area. I have one sister, except one sister. She's in Oregon. Okay. She's a veterinary assistant at uh, Oregon State. And what did your what did your father do for a living? He was in uh, uh, retail sales and uh, assistant manager, manager at an A and P. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked for him and uh, strong union guy. You know, back in those days. Oh yeah. Was, I mean. He helped me get through college by, uh, he wasn't going to write the checks. So yep. uh, he got me a job. He said, you work, you write the checks. <laughs> Sounds familiar. He, I'm glad he did. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, it was, you know, in the 1970s, I was making base pay of $10 an hour in the union, retail clerks union. That's a lot of money back then. And then yeah. they would offer a Sunday. Which was triple time. Oh my God! I paid my mortgage. You know, yeah, yeah. Thirty bucks an hour. Whoever heard of that? Right. Of course, that's, that union's gone. 
<laughs> now we're going to get into politics. Right, right. I took advantage of it. So Good for you. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say A&P because my... that. My... Says that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah, he's my better place. My father worked at A&P in New York. Oh. Uh, he was um, on the accounting side. That was his first job. Okay. It yeah. was a big company. Yeah, huge. Yeah, they were very big in, the in New York. Atlantic and Pacific Tea. Yeah, Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company. Yeah, that was my account at AT and T. Was it really? Yes, it was. Yeah. There's the connection, right? It was up in North Jersey, someplace. Wow, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think uh, that. Is, unless you've got any other questions, I think we've interrogated him enough. Covered it really. <laughs> How long were you in the Marine Corps? Uh, one tour, I went down. Um, See June of seventy five, and with personal tragedy that mm -hmm. happened six months. Six months, okay. Yeah, and then I was discharged. Officer discharged. He told me to go home, take care of business. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, but you did that, yeah. Though, right? Uh, the, yeah, I mean, it was just not tragedy. Not but, you know, know, it was not to be. And uh, well, the funny thing is, I, I ran into uh, John Bottle, Paul Six. He lives right. He sells the and sells hoagies, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. he sells yeah. the hoagies. That's what you were telling me. Yeah, yeah. John says to me, "What's it like?" Because I'm I just signed up. <laughs> I said, "Okay, John." And I hear he become he stays thirty years and retires as wow. a colonel. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! So uh, yeah, power to him. I mean, he uh, he was in Kosovo. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! So He's some serious. Apparently, he. He has some stories, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I didn't see him down there. We had a phone conversation, passing, you know. Yeah. And uh, next thing I know, he's colonel. Wow. So that, that was nice. You yeah, you sort of tell. Not a six Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. When you see him on the street, he's like oh, a yeah. big guy. And he was. Yeah, John, John did yeah. well. He had yeah. a nice career. And. Uh, oh, he was in that long. He's got a nice pension, too. So, yeah. well deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Well yeah, I mean, Bob's son uh, was a major. Louis Rambert. Really? Yeah, he was a major, and he actually he did two tours in Iraq. He uh, taught at Annapolis. Oh wow! Retired. That's cool. Now, Patty's brother uh, graduated from Annapolis. Oh. He was um, a couple of years before Staubach got there. Oh, so he was in. I think he was it sixty three, honey. Sixty two, sixty three. He he graduated, and he wound up um, uh, being a pilot. And I told this story because he just passed away. But uh, we come to find out when he was in Vietnam that he got. We heard the story that he got shot down. What what really happened was, it blew his his wing off. Three quarters of his wings missing, and he wound up landing this plane on an aircraft carrier. Wow! And it was at the time the shortest aircraft ca carrier was the FDR, and uh, he got a he got a bunch of medals for that. So, um, and he had a great career. He was in the in the military for at least twenty five or thirty years. Um, so you love hearing I love hearing those kinds of stories because uh, vets don't get enough credit for you know all the freedoms that we have in this country, and we tend to forget that. So. Every time I find somebody that I see has got a, like a former Vietnam vet, I always say, you know, thanks for your service. And um, and I think more people should do that. You, you know, know, I've run into two family members whose families were just out of the service and they had to get out of the service because they were on food stamps. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
that's that a, bothers me. That's a tragedy. And yeah. The one woman said she couldn't afford medical care for the kids. And yeah. They had just pulled out of the, the army because of it. It's yeah. a sad situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but thank you. Thank all those guys. And anybody who's listening has been in the service. Uh, we appreciate your service. And we appreciate Mr. Fran Mishuli joining the Rich and Sal show and and, uh, and participating in like it's been forever since i've seen you so it was this was you guys should stop over at the 26th well, what we should do is uh hand you the microphone <laughs> an interview, we, an interview. <clears throat> we can go live at ed's you can yes. go down there and, and interview folks yeah that would be cool um so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up keep it at about 30 minutes which is perfect um and we hope everyone listens to this. We'll post this up probably sometime today. Um, and uh, it'll be available on Spotify. It'll be available on Facebook. And remember, you don't have to belong to Spotify. You can just go and um, just click on the th on the link, and it'll take you right to this podcast. It'll be uh, episode number six. Big uh, applause for Yeah, absolutely. This has been great. Thank you, sir. It's been, this has been fun reminiscing and, uh, and listening. Um, to all the things that you've gone through in life. We are, since it's summertime, and this is one of, um, I, I this, think we need to encourage our Oh my God, a live audience. Yes, there's a ladies. Hello, ladies. All I'm saying in here, <laughs> so stripes, I have to do this myself. <laughs> oh, really? That's right. We have a big production here. Um, but anyway, it is, um, it's summertime. And, um, uh, Rich and I are big Sinatra fans, and uh, we love. Um, you like Sinatra? You're an Elvis. You're an Elvis guy. Like, like... <laughs> yeah, you got to be a Sinatra fan. But anyway, uh, we're gonna wrap up the show with this one here. Did you like the Elvis movie? Yes. Say again. Uh, the Elvis movie. Oh, good movie. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. yeah, and I heard on on Sirius XM yesterday, seventy on seven, uh, that. Um, he had to audition for six months to get that role. It wasn't easy for him to get that role. I was like, holy mackerel, who, yeah. who does that? And personally, he hasn't got rid of the role. He, he's still imitating Elvis. Every yeah, time. every time you talk to him, he still sounds like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's like it's ingrained. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. But anyway, so we're going to we're gonna go out with uh, our favorite, um, Mr. Frank Sinatra and uh, Summer Wind. Thanks again, friend. See you, my friend. The summer wind it's your camera. Came blowing in from across the sea. Turn it off. It lingered there to touch your came back. And walk came back. with me. Get your camera. All summer long, we sang a song, and then we back. that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind. Like painted kites, those days and nights. They went flying by The world was new 
Piper Man One day it called to you I lost you I lost you to the summer wind The autumn wind And the winter winds They have come and gone Still the days, those lonely days, they go on and on. And guess who sighs his lullabies through nights that never end? My fickle friend, the summer wind. The summer wind Warm summer wind The summer wind 